Yo, this is Captain Cook. Listen up. Mr. White and I have a new website. He was like, we could increase our website uptime way past 99.1% by joining Media Temple and some other science shit. I said, look, you may know a lot about chemistry, man, but you don't know jack about building websites. The guy is like 60 or something, but get this, he was right. No chili pee, just WordPress. The site looks dope now, and I got more cash than an ATM, yo. You should seriously up your game with Media Temple's WordPress hosting. Check out ballmove.com forward slash Media Temple and sign up. What are you waiting for, bitch? Step chat. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I am Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 204, uh, Season 2, Episode 4, titled Down. Uh, this is another one with an intro that, that kind of throws you for a loop. Yeah, another uh, black and white teddy bear snuff film. Yep, just like the, the season premiere. Do we have any uh, stuff to talk about up front, or should we get right into the recap? Well, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I got lots of stuff I want to say, but what do you think of this okay. episode? Uh, this is a good episode, if not for the comedy alone. Like, there's a lot of comedy in this one, um, but there's also a lot of serious shit going down between Walt and Skyler. This episode's called Down for a reason, right? It's a downer. This is this is a low. This <laughs> is like going down. This is like the personal nadir of a lot of characters and arcs, especially for uh-huh. Jesse. Sure, definitely. Um, you know, Walt and Skyler's relationship is more on the rocks now than it's ever been. Right. It seems so. like the damage is irreparable. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the damage she's doing to that child, irreparable, with those yeah. cigarettes at the end. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll talk about that more when we get there. Certainly. Uh, this this uh, movie, this uh, serial television episode, Down, was directed by John Dahl, who has a long and storied career in television in Hollywood. Uh for for his movies, he directed Rounders, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's the one that... <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm familiar I was, with that. I was hoping. Um, but Matt Damon, Ed Norton. Sure. He, he, check out this uh, Murderer's Row of Television. He's directed since Breaking Bad, The Bridge, The Strain, Ray Donovan, Outlander, Californication, Americans, Justified, hmm. Dexter, Hannibal, uh, Arrow, Homeland, Shameless... Gets around. Uh, Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. He also managed to squeeze in one episode of Terriers, four episodes of True Blood, uh, <laughs> just the one episode of Breaking Bad. He's a he's a sampler. He goes to the buffet yeah. and he mm-hmm. just kind of uh, sees what's uh, there and fills up his plate. Mm-hmm. Just tons of stuff. Arguably, like I, th- I, li- I like that image the the idea of a buffet just covered in scripts. <laughs> Yeah. And he walks down. He's like, do I want to shoot? No, nah, let's move over to True Blood. Let me see what's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dessert. <laughs> That's dessert. You can't you can't fill up on it, but you can't skip it yeah, either. Yeah. It's a co-written by Vince Gilligan, the Villigan, who I don't think needs an introduction for Breaking Bad fans, nope. and uh, also uh, co-written by Sam Catlin, who really has uh, 13 episodes of Breaking Bad to his name. 
and a credit on Rake, and that's about it. Some things called Canterbury's hmm. Law, which I've never heard of, Kidnapped, The Great New Wonderful, which I think is a pilot episode that didn't get filmed, <laughs> a couple acting credits. I mean, I feel like, again, there's some shadowy Vince Gilligan connection here that ties us all together that I'm not aware of because yeah. he was all up in Breaking Bad, uh, ended up being a producer, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and co-executive producer, but uh, that's that's about it. So, okay, yeah. So it seems like he got some experienced people on the team. Sure. Uh, well, at least for the the director. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and Vince Gilligan it, written a few episodes yeah. in his time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Should we get into the recap then? Yeah. What? Uh, cool. So so we're we're watching this. I'm I'm going to take the reins here. Okay. This this is a black and white uh, teddy bear snuff film. Mm-hmm. We see guys in hazmat from the perspective of what it seems like we're being led to believe is the white pool. I think so, yeah. It's a swimming pool, and there's certainly a swimming pool in their backyard. I don't know if you can put yourself back in the mindset of watching this for the first time, but my first thought was... What the fuck? Well, my first thought was, oh, shit, uh, this is this is like Walt and Jesse dressed up to cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see the evidence bags and I'm thinking, oh, did Walt get so desperate that he cooked in his home and there was an explosion? Yep. Like how far, how far the fuck did we flash forward? Sure. You know, kind of like, you know, I was, I was fresh off my experience of season one where when you watch the pilot, I thought, oh, well, we're flashing through the end of the pi- the series. Ah, yeah, and we're going to yeah, work yeah. our way back. That's like everything was on the table and it was just, man, I have no mm-hmm. idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, and I guess for people watching this for the first time, everything still is on the table. Yeah, like we won't talk about it too much because we know how we're this not going to take anything out. off the table or put anything on the table until the spoiler section. Which honestly, this is probably going to be the most robust spoiler section we've had to date. Ooh, where okay. there's just so many things that love to talk about. I love, I'd, I'd love to talk about it with virgin eyes, mm-hmm. but I can't. So sure, them's the breaks. All right, yeah. So we we kind of talked about that first scene there. Um, let's get to the actual episode. Yeah, where uh, Jesse meets Walt at a convenience store, and they kind of talk about their next move. Jesse's surprised that Walt doesn't want to cook yet. He's still waiting for things to settle down, and then Walt gives him a little bit of money, six hundred bucks, to hold him over until you know he can do whatever Jesse's going to do. Yeah, almost like an allowance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like six hundred bucks to tide you over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Um... The beginning, I mean, did you did that strike you as particularly arrogant when you watched it? Uh yeah, I think the first time it did, yeah. Um, like like he doesn't trust this kid with any more than six hundred bucks. And you know, he's right not to. Like, look at the rest of the episode. Jesse does end up smoking it all or shooting it all into his arm. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. But what I mean, I mean he's got a tray is, covered in drugs when his mom comes into his bedroom. Yeah, but he might have just had that. I mean, <laughs> I, I suppose so. You know, but I he's out know. of money again. Like, where did that money go? Well, that's what I don't know. That he's out of money, except for like, so if I give you six hundred dollars and said, "Here's your living expenses for groceries and whatnot," you're like, "Okay." If I give you six hundred dollars and four hours later you're evicted from your apartment with no clothes on your back, uh huh. That's six hundred bucks is not enough to get, and you owe the guy two thousand dollars to get your thing out of hall. Yeah, and... you could honestly say I'm flat fucking broke. I do not yeah, have yeah. enough money to live. So I think that's sure. kind of I, I didn't I didn't get that Jesse had just went out and went on a drug. But binge. he doesn't deny he's. I mean, he denies it, but he denies it in that way. Like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. Sm- no, yeah, you might be right. I I, I think just I'd... the way he says that makes <laughs> me think. I kind of took that as true. like. 
someone saying like, oh, that's a totally reasonable thing for you to be accusing me of, but that's not it this time. <laughs> you know, like that thing, like you've ever been busted for uh-huh. doing something that you kind of traditionally do, but that's the self-righteous. <laughs> this is the one time you can't fucking pin that shit on me. Sure. No, I took it the other way. Like he's trying to, he's getting defensive because he did really. Yeah. You know? Oh, you know, the one thing that I thought was the most pulse pounding of the Bear Snuff film footage was where we ended up with, which was in a pair of Walter White style glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the implication of that. Yeah, what does that mean for Walt? I mean, certainly if there's an explosion at his house, his glasses could go flying into the pool. And eyeballs and various other yep. accoutrements. Yep. Sure. So not giving anything away on that, but interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so then I, what do you think of this argument that Jesse's making here that 50% of Walt's money is his? I Because as 50-50 partners in this business that we call Bald Move, there there is some kind of expectation that we split money, right? Yes, sure. But where does that end? Like, I'm, I'm genuinely curious on okay, your so here's opinion, my, here's given my our situation. Take. Here's my take. Uh-huh. If... I might if we cashed a five thousand dollar Amazon check or whatever, uh-huh. whatever, and it's Pine my sky. job to take it to the bank. I've got this cash money and I'm taking it to the bank. And you and we've for whatever reason you've kept five grand because we need that much cash, petty cash laying around. Mm-hmm. And I'm mugged on the way to the bank, and I come back and you go like that was your money. <laughs> we would instantly have a fist fight. It would go down like that. There would be okay. choking. Yeah, no, I'd yeah, be. Yeah pissed beyond rational belief that you'd be like oh that's fuck you and your bad luck man like tuco came yeah, to his yeah. house kidnapped him took his shit if tuco went to if if, if tuco busted in the wall mm-hmm. walt should just be kissing his ass lucky ass lucky stars i'm mixing my metaphors i'm so excited about this <laughs> if if tuco chose his house to kick in first uh-huh. and beat walt in front of his family until he gave him his money uh-huh where would he be? And sure. then they leisurely drive over to Jesse's house with, with Walt's face caved in in the Aztec. No, I'm I'm totally with you. I okay, think, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moment that money goes into Jesse's possession, it's yeah. his. It's his money. Sure. Walt got his half. If Jesse loses that half, sorry about you. Yeah. Like, and it's cool of Walt, I think, in the end, to give him half of that money. Yeah. But it's certainly something I don't think he was morally justified. You don't think so? In expecting. It's not like so if if Jesse just blew that money or lost it in a house fire. I mean, I think if you're fifty fifty partners, maybe you should take care of your partner. Yeah, but that's I don't what I'm think saying. you but but Tuco is like the act of God that you know Jesse gave that yeah, money but, up. But sure. What what I'm saying is like that money like that's his stash of money right like yeah. walt has nothing to do with that money walt couldn't go over and demand any of that money walt has no right to any should of that jesse money. have not let the cops take him go oh yeah that's our money in fact it's walter's money no no so that's why so it is cool of him not to say anything i mean he uh-huh. had no choice really otherwise right. he was going to jail uh but yeah it's also cool of walt to say okay Half of this is going to be yours. Because, you know, he could have given him another allowance to get him through the next cook. It and did then take say, him choking him half to death. But, it yeah, did. it was cool yeah. that he didn't make him murder him for the money. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I, yeah, like, I don't know that Walt cared at that point, right? Well, I mean, Walt's that's like, a, kill me. Go ahead. I and I understand, you know, I understand why Walt's so excited about it. Because he's got this countdown, 737,000. Yeah, yeah. And what he's risked so far and how much time does he have. And now this... 
Punk went off and lost, and I'm I'm like that much further into the hole. I understand why he had the reaction he did. It's incredible how violent Walt can be emotionally and verbally, and even physically. <laughs> like he was really getting handsy with 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 Jesse here. Yeah, yeah. When he feels morally entitled to, and that's the thing I took away from this episode that how how Mister White can get pretty fucking scary in sure. a way that I've not seen Jesse or really anybody else on this uh, this show behave. Yeah. I I just think like Walt didn't really have a super pertinent reason to give Jesse half of it. Like I I think you know it's your fucking and, partner. You get him through his hard time. Yeah, and point of fact, he didn't. He, he, well, he, it was like a sixty-six thirty-three is... maybe split, or it, a it three. Was pretty close. There was fr- one extra stack, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm." Yeah, he had five fat stacks. He kept three. Gave just two. Yeah, that's a yeah, good yeah. point. Like he's he would totally be justified in like here's five grand. Yeah, this will get you through, find a place to live, we'll cook more later. And then we'll talk about making you whole, or if that's something when, when we're all settled. But, like, yeah, the fact that... Did, and and the other thing is, Jesse's showing up at his house with the fucking RV. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> there are a lot of good... There's a lot of reasons why Walt flew off the handle like he did. Uh-huh. But... That's a one, pretty good reason. It's also one of those things where if he had started taking Jesse seriously from the start... You know, when he called him three times in a row and Skyler's out of the house, that was yeah. just Walt in a fit of pique, not wanting to talk to him. Sure. But what the hell is Jesse supposed to do? Spend another night in the fucking in shit box? Body, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's Poor-let. there were situations that needed Walt's cons- attention. And, you know, from Jesse's perspective, I don't give a shit about your wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. You I know, got a you, life to live, yo. Yeah, you came to me, yo. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's right. that's my opinion. Okay, cool. Uh, I think we're we're basically on the same page there. No no problems in the future of Bald Move for that. No, and if <laughs> if we do choke each other to death, we will turn on the webcams <laughs> <laughs> for your entertainment if, uh, if that would would happen. So, all and right. Probably by the time we put it on Patreon and then got the hangout going, cooler heads would prevail. That's the thing. I think so. Yeah. If we got if we got to choke each other to death on camera, that's a five minute process minimum. <laughs> If you got a head of steam and you're going, save it for the cast. <laughs> you saved the, you fucking saved that chokehold for the cast. <laughs> All right, uh, Walt's cooking breakfast for his family, and he is just pretending that everything is fine. That this is the best day he's ever woken up on. Uh, Junior leaves for school, and then Walt tries again to explain the second cell phone to Skyler, uh, and she leaves the house in the middle of his explanation. Walt, so I think it's interesting that they began this scene with Skyler in bed. Okay. Why she's is that? laying there. She's peaceful. She kind of wakes up and sees Walt gone, and she instantly shifts into panic mode. Ah, we can yeah, see yeah. kind of like the uh, like the P- the PTSD that she's gotten from this uh, fuge fuge yeah, yeah. state experiment. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they they show Walt being over the top pancakey. Oh my god! Like he is this he, guy. He's got that thing where it, he's so fake. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious. And and his expectation is for her to immediately feel he's the man's cooking pancakes. Mm-hmm. The man's cooking pancakes, he's making omelets. How can you still be angry with him? This situation is over. We need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, n- it's only over in Walt's head. Right. Now, I think it's interesting. So like I'm totally on Skylar's side at this point. Yes. Um and I think it's interesting what she then does. Which is leave the house to give him a taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Why and not? I don't know because I 
I've never been in this circumstance before. And I've often wondered, like, if you've been in this situation where, say, you've been married for 10 years and there's cheating involved, uh, or you find out that they're leading a double life involving drugs and crime, how do you even... It just seems like you should just get divorced. I know that that's not the easy answer to do. Yeah, but I mean, I don't see how you ever re- rebuild that trust. Are you talking about like from Walt's perspective, like he should just realize that this is over? No, from or... Scott for both, really. But because Skyler doesn't really know what's going on yet, she knows something is up, but she has no idea what really. Because you know that's a good point. Like, what if Walt had just gone away with Jesse? And cook and just disappeared and and cooked drugs for six for a months, few months and then come made back. a couple million dollars and said, you know, left it behind when he died with a note that said, "I worked very hard to make you this money. I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I thought it was more important to provide for your future." It's almost hmm. like there's another layer of selfishness where Waltz need to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not face the consequences of his actions, however noble he may view them. Hmm. And th- and that's what I'm getting the second view is kind of like all the multiple layers of hypocrisy and, and weird nuances of stuff going on here. But one of the things I'm concentrating on now is like just what do you do when you have that such a huge breach of trust? Uh-huh. And and also it's an ongoing one because Skyler knows something's up and that Walt won't say it to her. Uh-huh. But I, it feels like it, it chafes me in the wrong way. The, the solution to that is just to play games. Which is what this is. It is. Like, like yeah. I don't know what else you do, but this felt very unsatisfying and frustrating to me to watch her be like, well, let's just get engaged in tit for tat. Yeah, I feel like Walt is, when he sits down on the couch later and he says, let's talk about this, he's partially right. Like, let's talk about it, right? You need, the the problem with that is that Walt isn't, Walt is refusing to actually talk about what the problem is, but that, that approach is much better than... Yes. The idea that I'm just going to give you a taste of your own medicine. But he's not – but I don't know from Skyrim's perspective. He's not being an honest broker. I know. Yeah. So what else is she left to do? Like clearly it would be better to sit down and talk about it, but that's not going to happen. And and this is so early in the things. Like leaving is just – It does feel kind of abrupt. Like there's – so there's this, the suspicion about the second cell phone. There's – an overly friendly breakfast, and then immediately she's out the door. He, he that seems, felt a little abrupt to he me. He seems guilty as hell. And also, yeah, yeah. like, it seems to me that if you do, like, say you're in unfaithful to your partner. I don't know what that's like, but what say you're unfaithful to your partner, uh-huh. and you both agree that you're going to try to make things work. Uh-huh. It feels like there's a certain amount of crow that the offending partner has to eat. Oh, yeah, certainly. And there has to be, you know... Uh, it, it's a two-way street that there's some some amount of kind of distrust and and hurtfulness that you have to put up with the other person as a way to you, yeah, know, you have to rebuild the trust and th- that that and, absolutely takes time. There's no way and you that's can like do it. Walt, what because Walt's on this breakfast. Walt's on this clock. It comes across as entirely yeah, artificial. Yeah. Like I'm going to be super dad for. <laughs> can I cook meth yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in that transparent attempt to like, well, let's go to a writer's workshop and I'll even go with you. That's fully expecting so... her to be like, oh, you don't have to do that, Walt, but that sounds fun. Okay, I get to cook my meth. I mean, yeah. that's the underlying tension that just makes all of this stuff not work and seem insincere. And Skylar's totally right to put up to pick up on that. I just Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what you do. It's a crazy, crazy <laughs> situation. Well, you don't turn down breakfast, I know that much. Uh and Junior takes full advantage of that. He he goes gung ho into that breakfast, apparently. A little little bit little bit of controversy on the breakfast count. Why is that? 
Well, so we had two, two there was, there was two breakfasts, breakfasts on offer. Before this episode started, we, we the breakfast count stay, stood at three breakfasts offered, four breakfasts offered, three breakfasts consumed by Walt Jr. Yep. I now, I'm at four, six with an asterisk. Oh, yeah. I don't because know that the, I would give the, him the, that last one. The New Mexican Christmas-style omelets, the red and green chili omelets, were not yeah. officially... That offer was not extended. No, it was not extended to Junior. It was extended to Lewis. Yes. And Junior was just kind of on his way out anyway. Yeah, like... like I don't know if I count that as a breakfast turned down by Junior. Like, if, if Junior come up there 15 seconds later and been like, breakfast? Uh-huh. It, maybe things have gone differently, but Lewis is not Walter Junior. No. Maybe they had plans to stop and get breakfast on their way to do whatever yeah. the hell they're doing. Maybe he was so concerned with the breakfast he was going to get yeah. that he didn't even think about getting breakfast Well, Junior could have doubled up, and we could have had a, a <laughs> we could have swollen this count to 6-7. But as it stands, it's 4-6 with an asterisk. Yeah, I, I would almost call it 4-5, but ah. since he wasn't offered breakfast, like I would call it 4-5. But if yeah. you want to call it 4-6 with... I'm trying to be with a footnote because because I'm okay I, with that because you know the reason I started this is someone might have been D might have been somebody else accused me of of overplaying the Walt Junior just you not the entirety of the internet well I think it's a little <laughs> bit of that but it's like half the times he's offered breakfast turned down I was like okay I'm gonna keep count yeah well we'll see about that and I'm a little nervous because I got you know even with an asterisk four sixes two thirds of the time that's not uh. that's not the breakfast consuming yeah, monster yeah, yeah. That, it's not the that galactus it, of, no. of breakfast that we thought you, it was. you cannot call him the galactus of breakfast breakfast if no. he's at four six <laughs> asterisks or no all right uh let's move on we're spending far too much time on junior's breakfast if if in fact it turns out that lewis had breakfast planned would lewis then be his silver surfer He's out scouring Albuquerque for breakfast. I don't know enough which, about the relationship which Walt Jr. can consume between Galactus <laughs> and Silver Surfer. To All comment. right, fair enough. Uh, is this the scene where they? No, no, it's not. It's later. Never mind. Okay, okay. Uh, Jesse's parents and their lawyer stop by to uh, tell him that he's being evicted for manufacturing meth in the basement of what we find out is his aunt's house. I don't know if we if we knew that before. But uh, they, the parents, actually own this house, and he's just kind of given residentiary rights. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's like signed in a contract or if that was like a just thing where they said, "Hey, come live here." This feels very. Com- this all feels very common law, and we did know it was it his does, aunt yeah. that died of cancer. Um, I wasn't sure if it was his great aunt or if it was just his aunt, but yeah. this is his aunt. Uh, but no, it, it feels very much like the deed is always. It feels to me like the deed was transferred over because what's her, you know, his mom was probably the executor of the will or whatever. So they got the deed to the house. Yeah. But his aunt verbally promised it to Jesse. And so they let him live there. Yeah. But there's also, well, we'll get, we'll, we'll get onto this scene a little bit later because I, I thought there's an interesting interplay between Jesse and his mom. Oh, yeah. A little bit yeah. there. Okay. Um, Skyler gets home and Walt asks where she's been and she doesn't answer. And then there's some, awkward conversation in this scene uh i mean walt just <laughs> walt doesn't like getting a taste of his own medicine and he shouldn't the medicine and he should bad. realize that that's what's happening here i feel like walt doesn't realize it he's the med- oblivious the medicine takes bad he fin- i cooked breakfast i fixed the garage door yeah what more do you want woman i like everything the he's track doing... was bri- bent i made it straight what more can i do it's such bullshit like would Walt ever have fixed that garage door 
if he didn't commit these egregious sins. Well, he was going Skyler. to, he was going to, but then that it's weekend, like the hot water heater. That shit hasn't been fixed. He wasn't going to fix the garage door if he hadn't cooked meth. It's like painting a baby's room. You know, it's like that 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 yeah. rail would have gotten straight, but you know, there was a uh, a planetarium thing about the Mars rover, Laser Floyd. Yeah. yeah, that he was really wanting <laughs> to go to. So that's it's crazy. Walt just doesn't see how transparent this is, and I'm shocked by it. Yeah, he's a very smart man, but he's just desperate. Yeah, the you're desperation right. You're right. to get back to his plan is blinding him to the danger that he's in. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Like, a, so one of the things I want to talk about is the parallel structure showing Jesse's consequences of being an addict, which everyone thinks is quite justified, and Walt's being an addict and his behavior. Like, mm-hmm. he needs his fix. He needs that high. He needs to get on with his plan. And hmm. he's willing to rush because all he can see is that. Just like, a, you know. Uh, your your friend wanting to borrow $50 from you so they can go buy heroin doesn't realize how sweaty and desperate and unbelievable their story. Like, this this is the best story in the world they've worked out in their head, man. Uh-huh. They got a job interview and place, you know, they, they, they want you to wear a shirt and tie, and I just got these jeans and a T-shirt, man. 50 bucks, J.C. Penny, I could get that shirt and tie. <laughs> you know, you want me to help me clean my life up, right? And it's like, what the hell, man? What the hell? Yeah. Your right. gums are bleeding, your teeth are falling out, you haven't slept in three days, you got track marks on your arm. I don't <laughs> think you're going to get a job in an office. Yeah. One. But no, I, I think that's interesting that, that they've sl- set this up to show Jesse mm-hmm. it, at the end of this terminal relationship with these people that unconditionally, or you presume unconditionally loved. I don't know. They're also kind yeah, of yeah, weird, yeah. middle class uptight about this stuff, too. But no, I definitely want to talk about that because. Uh, and especially in this next scene where, you know, Jesse wakes up in his house and his mom's there and they're moving all of his shit out. <laughs> uh, that, like, you can tell that there is a long history with Jesse of him fucking up his life. And it's not, like, these parents are are trying to do their best for this kid. Um, they don't like that he's fucking up his life, certainly, um, with drugs. But... They're, they've got his back mostly until he makes them a, an accomplice. I mean, that's the thing about this is this is happening in a house they own. They now know about it. They can't let him stay there or they are accomplices to this meth operation. Not only are they accomplices. Like, 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 like he like, says, we won't let you bring us down with you. I, well, I mean, I think it's... And they've I, got a responsibility to the other kid. It's like... Yeah, although they're fucking up with him too. I, I, so I feel like that there's a little bit more nuance into this one. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that what I got out of that is the mom and dad were content to let him live his life in his aunt's house and, you know, get high, do whatever. But you might actually get the house for, you know, seized civilly through forfeiture laws. Sure. And it's one thing to split this thing with you half and 50-50. But the reason we're going back on that is you're putting this all at risk. And, you yeah. know, we're not going to take a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar $200,000 loss just because you need to cook meth. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I kind of got as more of a. They've already. I mean, I thought from the previous episode we saw in season one that they're kind of already over him emotionally. I mean, clearly it's still ripping them up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're like, uh, well, we're gonna have to take everything from you and then let sure. the chips fall. I mean, they have to sever that that tie, right? At this point, and it's like that's the rough thing about it, you know. I mean, some people think that these parents are assholes. Uh, I don't agree with that. Everyone in this episode is an asshole. They all have varying reasons. For... I don't think the parents are assholes here. 
Like, I think of anybody in this episode, they are the most justified in what they're doing. Well, it's interesting because it's a pattern. It's not. It's not like this just happened with Jesse overnight. Hell no. Hell this no. This has been going on for years. You can tell. Yeah. So, so the idea that that they've been dealing with this shit for years and trying to help him, and he just refuses to change anything about his life, even though it's clearly spiraling the drain at this point. And this is every. This is this is literally every parent's nightmare, right? The fact that they're. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, son yeah. or daughter is involved in something so dangerous and that's kind of a theme too um but you're helpless like what you know there's parents that continue to enable this behavior uh-huh. and then there's parents like well what like jesse's parents that kind of give him the tough love after years of trying and that's probably the correct thing to do but my god it can't be easy no certainly. and it's also like if coddling them and shielding them from the consequences of their actions is a losing strategy, the tough love has got to be only incrementally more successful. Sure. Because sure. you throw a drug addict onto the streets, it's just as likely that They'll get things kill really or... badly or they get yeah, yeah. hepatitis or HIV or what, or, or like you said, killed, then they actually clean up their lives. Sure. And it's definitely got to be gut. I mean, that's the thing when I'm watching the show, I'm like, God, what so many terrible situations. And like, what the hell do you do if you're an average person in here? Yeah, I have so much more sympathy for his parents than I do for Jesse at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't I don't know how I would deal with that. But and then why did Jesse turn to drugs in the first place? Sure. And if you want to say, well, his parents are uptight, middle class, you know, uh, automatons is that a good enough reason for a teenager to go into drugs and alcohol i don't i don't feel like there are any good reasons i mean there are reasons yeah there are explanations but i don't feel like any of them are good sure but there's some (laughs) stuff like you know and why do some kids almost every kid experiments with one of the following you know sex drugs alcohol tobacco whatever i mean very few kids just go through the teenage years without getting involved in some of that stuff Sure. All of it arguably risky behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Why do some kids like do the normal amount and some kids go like, and it's like, you know, obviously there's some kids that are spe- especially at risk from their backgrounds and the, like abuse I think standpoints. That's, that's mostly, yeah. But you is. also, I mean, everyone knows like a middle class kid that's, you know, seem like I have an okay upbringing and they just go fucking just burnt out, hog wild on it. Is it genetic? Is there some kind of addiction thing that. You know, I bet there are a lot of studies on this, uh, <laughs> none of which I have read, so I don't feel nearly yeah. confident enough to comment on it. But these are the deep thoughts I was thinking while watching yeah, yeah, this yeah. episode. Sure. And I mean, those are the thoughts you're supposed to be thinking, I, I imagine, mm. during the show. I thought the other thing about the scene is how, because um, we haven't quite got the Jesse scene, have we? Or have we? What do you mean, Jesse's Where, where he, his mom walks in on him and catches him with the drugs on his bed and all no, that? No, this is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, drugs everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's hiding bongs. He's hiding trays with coke and heroin and who knows what. What is in his tank? His fish tank? That's like, I don't know. I, I, like a turtle? Is there anything living in that tank? Maybe. There's cigarette butts in it. It looks I, disgusting. I think of all the pets that a, a junkie could have, a turtle is a pretty good one. They're very low maintenance. It's sure. not like a dog where you got to take it out and walk it and feed it. And well, like a turtle, you feed once a week, maybe. But but low maintenance in frogs? the sense of yeah, I, frogs I'm, are good, right? I'm, I'm the owner of uh, I, uh, frogs and fish at this time, uh-huh. and there are low maintenance. And the fact that you only have to feed them a couple times a week, and 
they will roughly tolerate filthy water conditions, but that doesn't make it like optimal. No, of course that's not. Like, it's like it's, being that's the pet of a junkie low, is never optimal. That's only a low maintenance experience if you do not care about the. <laughs> yeah, there's like in in Japan, you can buy like the fucking keychains that just have enough water. In the, to keep a fish or a turtle alive. This is the reason that I don't have a pet. That's not because it would die in a month. Yes, like, the, like I, I had a house plant, and I would feed <laughs> it whenever it started looking saggy. And the, is your house plant you in. bought from IKEA earlier this year still living? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Congratulations! No, I've, I've been feeding it. Congratulations! Well, I haven't really been feeding it. There's, uh, I've been watering it, but. You gotta change the soil. That's a hassle, man. <laughs> That's a hassle. So like I said, low, it, it low maintenance. Feel anything either? Low like, maintenance when it comes to pets. Only, only. It, uh, it's like you gotta take in the quality of life. It really is why I don't have pets. Yeah, because I know I couldn't provide them with the care that they need. Yeah, it's like those tardi- anyway. Are they called tardigrades? The water bears. <laughs> like shit, you could boil them, what put them in outer space for yeah, seven yeah. years. They'll still technically be alive. What about seahorses? How how seahorses? How, sea uh, monkeys. Yeah, it would see monkeys, yeah. They That's just, just jizz in a tank. Yeah, you don't have to do anything with that. Yeah. Just let them run wild. That's South Park science. Kind of like this podcast. Yes. Running wild. We need to move on. All right, Walt's cooking breakfast for uh, for himself, I think, at this point. And mm. Lewis comes to the door. He calls Junior by the name Flynn, which surprises Walt. Uh, this is actually the scene where Junior semi-turns down breakfast. Um then uh he doesn't eat a breakfast that wasn't formally offered to him. Yeah. Now if 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 you go off off the junior as Galactus of breakfast theory, mm-hmm. you got to think that he smelled that New Mexican oh, Christmas. Oh, he well he had to walk by the kitchen. Yeah. You know he saw omelets happening. What would been what it would made me happiest is if he has actually walking out the door with like a a tin foil wrapper. <laughs> like he'd stop no, by it's not wrapped even up the omelet. He's got an ha- omelet in his hand. <laughs> Just a fistful of omelet? Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Like I can... a, a ball of omelet. You're right. That would be even better. <laughs> An omelet ball. Uh, anyway, so once he leaves with Lewis, uh, Walt asks Skylar if he if she knew about him being called Flynn, and she did. She doesn't make a big deal about it, but Walt's hung up on it. And then she goes out. Walt wants to know where she's going, but she won't tell him. And Jesse calls because he needs more money. Yeah. And Skylar's like, you better get that mysterious phone call. Yeah, uh, this is actually the scene we were talking about earlier. What do you mean? Uh, the, you know, the one where Lewis comes to the door and he's not offered breakfast, or he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, and, and this this phone call, like, I can't believe how much they sweat the details in this show. Because when Jesse makes this phone call and there's uh, a scene where he's slamming the phone on the counter, he smashes his fingers in it. And then if you look at the next scene that he's Several in, scenes. he's got bandages on his fingers. They're not like, even bandages. They're like packing tape. They're junkie bandages. Yeah. <laughs> they're like junkie splints. Whatever you could find in the Pretty house much. that would staunch bleeding. Yeah, The house that's on. being currently uh, Rep- all the possessions It's worse out than of. your average junkie bandage it because a, a traditional junkie would have a whole house full of crap that they could, call, that could cobble together yep. for basic medical supplies. Jesse's got whatever the dudes are carrying out the door. <laughs> they, took, they, they, they took his food out of his refrigerator, apparently. Who gets the... I, I, I want to know... got your eyes trays. Is his, <laughs> I love that. Is his so mom good. and dad... Is his mom and dad uh, putting his bong collection and his rolling trays and all that stuff? Are they putting that in storage? Does that just go right to the trash? His bongs? They're gone. 
I mean, unless uh, we know he doesn't take them with him. So, yeah, they're gone. Mm. Mm. He's got no needles. So sad. He's got no bongs. So sad. Uh, Junior seems pretty upset. Like, that's that's what I'm getting from this whole thing. He doesn't he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but he's upset by something in this house. Why do you think that? I did not get that. He just seems very down. Like, he's not the usual Junior, right? He's... Well, yeah, I mean, I guess from the perspective of Junior is a, a averagely perceptive teenager that can tell shit's gone bad with his mom and dad. And yeah. Something I want to... Yeah, there's some things I want to talk about in the spoiler section, but... From his perspective, his dad just came back. There's a perfectly logical reason, you know, medical reason yeah. for his dad to have gotten to a fugue state. And his mom just seems like a bitch. That's the like thing. Like, from, from, from Flynn's perspective... She does, but she's got such good reasons. She, he just <laughs> came back. Yeah, but he doesn't know about any of that. I know, And yeah. he just... He, he, his dad comes back, and his mom gives him the cold shoulder, like, blaming him for this stuff. That's bullshit. Uh-huh. And I think that might be. What's yeah, Junior going on. knows nothing about the second cell phone. Yeah, and and that whole the thing that's causing Skyler so much distress, he doesn't know anything about. Yeah, so it's got to look weird to him. And it's also, that must be it. I think it's also interesting how Walt does not like the fa- idea that Ju- of of. It's yeah. almost like he's more worried about Junior talking to other people about him letting him down than the fact that yeah. he let him down himself. Uh-huh. Like, do you think he said anything? This def- he's like, yes, of course. They're friends. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's talked about his his father disappearing for days on end. It, we were all upset. Yeah. And he's also disturbed by him not wanting to apparently use the Walt Jr. name. Like, that's something that disturbs Walt. Well, I'll tell you what. It would be weird... It would be a shock for me if my if I you know whether my son was named after me or not. But if he just uh-huh. chose to go by a different name and it had been common enough that his mom knew about it and I didn't know about it, yeah, that would be a shocker. Yeah, I would be a little would, upset about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Would would you feel upset by the fact that you didn't know that this was happening? You're not engaged enough, or would you be upset by the fact that no one told you, or all of the above? I don't know because I feel like there's a certain amount of hubris involved, and I'm not judging anyone. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not judging anyone I, I w- that has. I want a, you to call me Flynn from now on. A junior, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm not judging anybody that's got a junior in their life or is a junior. But there's a certain mm. amount of hubris it takes to call your your son a junior you know like yeah you, it's like got this legacy connotation just, yeah right yeah. right like i'm important enough for this shit to matter later right on. like it's not nothing i'd call you an asshole about but just yeah, you know yeah. like it's a level of hubris a particular type of hubris i don't have and i don't understand okay so if i were to name my son that mm-hmm. i think that if he as a teenager decided to be called something different i would just roll with that punch because that's you know, not a huge concern. But that's a you. guy who wouldn't name their son yeah. after myself. So, so I actually have my father's first name as my middle name. Yeah, and he has his father's first name as his middle name. Yeah. So that's kind of a a thing in our family a little bit. Well, and it, I'm it, trying to think: would I name? Would I give my first kid the? My first name is his middle name. Well, it's funny because I've got the same thing that I'm named after my grandfather. Okay. And my great grandfather, my dad is named after that, so it's like it's, I kind of want to. It's like, like that's like a more altruistic. Like it's a to, it's a it's a token of appreciation wishes. of my father. Yes, yeah, and your father's father than it is myself. It's it's like a weird respect to your ancestry. Then yeah, it's than, not a hubris thing. 
but I didn't do. I didn't keep that tradition. Oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah. All right. So I I don't know. Shame on you. Wrong person asked. <laughs> I was tested and I was found wanting. And like, I don't know. I, I kind of think I that I would to, want to. I, I ought to talk to my dad about that the next time I mm. see him. It's like, hey, see hey, Pop, he were it. you like, uh, like when you're rubbing your hands together? It's like, oh man, I want to get it's it's a male child. It's going to be it's little Aaron dad to part two or whatever. And then like, mm. did you were you disappointed when I didn't do that or what? I don't know. All right, let's go to Jesse's bandmate's house where he's trying to. Not con his way into a place to stay, but he's definitely trying to find a place to stay. Uh, the guy's wife comes home and puts the, the kibosh on the whole thing. And then he calls another friend, he turns him down, and his bike gets stolen. A, ba- <laughs> a, a bad turn of luck for Jesse here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, if you even grant that, yeah, he deserved his parents' stuff, this is just bad luck here. Sure, sure. <laughs> and exceptional, because I don't know how in the world you steal someone's motorcycle when they're <laughs> when literally... On the phone five feet away. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking. I mean, maybe if Jesse didn't spend as much time banging... Like, it's a bad episode for telephones. Yes. Telephones are just being brutalized in this episode. <laughs> um, right. Also, I got a shout-out. We, we totally gloss over the fact. You mentioned that you forgot the ice trays moment. Uh-huh. In that same conversation, he goes, said, Jesse described his housing situation... As going entirely testicular. That's awesome. <laughs> I fucking love. Um, I love that. I love that. I'm definitely going to add it to my, uh, you know, repertoire of of folksy expressions of things. Sure. What? Oh, I got something else I got to talk about. I got to make a note for the spoiler section. Oh, all this right. Pete thing had no chance in hell. The second the mom came home, like I, I feel yeah, like. It- Bad news. Jesse was even feeling bad just looking at the kid. Like, I don't belong here. Yeah, I mean, you can tell. That's the whole point of this scene is just how much this guy has gotten on with his life where Jesse is stuck in Shitsville. What's Pete... And I've got some interesting headcanon about this, how clueless Pete is, because Pete seems like a clueless guy. So he's he's a bandmate of Twathammer. Mm-hmm. If you look at the if you if you get went on to our news post and you saw all the webisodes that they made between seasons one and two, they did a yeah. a you know a behind the scenes band video for the Twat Hammer with Badger and and uh, Jesse. But you find out that Jesse took over from the original drummer, and yeah. that guy got got squeezed out of the band. Pete in the video, Pete was the drummer. Yeah, so this is how stupid Pete is. Jesse showed up, stole his gig, mm-hmm. and now Jesse's showing back up with the, you know, hey, we should get Fal- we should get the uh, Twahammer back together. Yeah, I almost feel like Pete kind of knew that his wife was just not going to put up with this shit in a way. Because, like, when, he, when he's like, that- yeah, that would be cool, man. Imagine how cool that would be. I don't know. Pete seems like the guy that's totally... To, like the he way- didn't say, but look, the realities of it are: I'm sitting next to my kid, I'm feeding him breakfast. There's no way I can do this shit. He's just like, yeah, that'd be that would be cool. You never met dudes like that? No, I guess I they're have. They're like totally about yeah. like, oh man, I bet you're getting so much pussy, and like they're just too. They're they're they need a woman like that in their life, or they'd end up like Jesse. Oh yeah, totally. Like it, it doesn't occur to them that's a crazy idea until their <laughs> wife gets home. Like you've got a job, and you do this and you do that, and you can't do this, and it's like, oh man, you know, sure. So yeah, I I I feel like I've I've known a couple guys like that. Hmm. All right, pretty stupid dude, Pete. Pete. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stupid, Jesse goes to where the RV is being stored. He climbs the fence. Uh, 
ends up on top of a portalette and falls through the roof, <laughs> spilling whatever juices are in that thing. He like, blew himself. He did. He did. It's definitely blue. I imagine it's not uh, sanitary in any kind of way. But he goes. He then goes off. It would into... actually not surprise me if that fluid is described as sanitary fluid. Yes, but yes, it's kind but, of like. But once you mix it with non-sanitary, things... it's kind of like North Korea calls themselves the People's Democratic Republic of Korea. <laughs> sure, the name and the facts have no, no bearing in this case. Yep. So he goes into the RV to sleep it off. Uh, I I really you love. Can't, you can't sleep that off. No, it's, it's still on it's, him when he wakes up. It's so. quite impossible to sleep that off. Uh, the, the, uh, the gas mask thing. Sleeping in the gas mask. Fantastic. And him sobbing. I love that touch. Him sobbing himself to sleep. It's, it's the lowest we, I mean, even taking into account the time he got the piss beat out of him. Yeah. This is probably the lowest point in the series thus far for him. Oh, easily. He's covered in what I presume is shit. Blue flavored shit. Shit water. Uh. Oh God, it's gotta be terrible. He's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's bad news for Jesse. He's he's like you know when he finds that's the thing like he's gagging on his own stench. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it's a great scene. Is there anything to the fact that this liquid is blue and that the meth they're cooking is blue? Yes, but in real life that stuff is blue, right? Yeah, no, totally. Did did they did they do this as uh, any kind of symbolism? Do you think? So it's like, like like this. He's covered in this shit, and this is the thing that's bringing him down. Man, it's kind of thing. Like I, I got I'm making a note to make sure I listen to the pod, the behind the scenes podcast before next week's. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting because I've listened to enough of those to know that about half the stuff you think is intentional are happy little accidents. Yes. Or they like start, you know, getting into it's like, oh, well, it's you know the 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 fluids leaking out. It's blue. Oh, blue. Oh, blue sky. Oh, you know, and then it just. It becomes part of the lore. So, huh? I do. I intentionally think that Vince Gilligan wrote an episode where Jesse destroys a portalette so he can get covered in blue filth. That is the physical manifestation of the evil he's putting on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would believe that, but I don't necessarily <laughs> but, think it's but true. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like is Adnan innocent or not? Oh my god! <laughs> I have a similarly nuanced view. The the answer to that is just to shrug and move on. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. So we go to the next morning. Uh, uh-huh. Skylar leaves. She takes off again. Uh, Walt Jr. Uh, is kind of hanging around the house. He's, I think he's about to go out for school. And they, Walt just says, before school, let's go out and try to teach you how to drive. Could be a weekend, too. I don't think so, because then later on, the next scene, he says Walt left with Lewis for school, I think. I'm pretty maybe, sure. Maybe Walt's coming home from school. Is this a morning? I think it's a morning. I think Because I think this all happens. Like, Jesse wakes up. This scene happens. Walt Jr. leaves for school, all kind of in the same little time okay. chunk. Okay. Um, anyway, Walt wants him to drive in a certain style with one foot instead of two, and Jr. can't handle it, and he hits a barrel. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why driving with two feet is a bad idea. But I do know that every single person I know that has driven with two feet has been a terrible driver. <laughs> My mom drives with two feet. Is I she a terrible no... driver? I don't think I've ever driven with her. I I don't think so. What's your dad think of that? Was your dad ever in two the feet? car as a passenger and she's two foot in it? And did he? No, I, I, 
I never recall any conversations about that. Interesting. I just remember my mom driving with two feet. Huh. I, I always think it would be confusing. Yeah. Like, or you subconsciously my left rest your brake, foot on my the right brake foot. pedal, and you're going to just wear and down what your do brakes. You do, what do you do when you've got a clutch involved in the mix? So with the clutch, you, you that's what your left foot's for. Yeah, but your right foot would then become the brake, and that would get even extra confusing. Right foot's confusing. always the brake. But oh, only if you two foot. I'm it? saying if you're a two footer on an automatic, what does a clutch look like to you? That's what I'm saying. I don't. I would say it would a two footer so does not drive a clutch. They just like give up. Okay. It'd, it'd be, you right. might as well hang a Rubik's cube from the dry, <laughs> the rear view mirror. <laughs> yes. If you yeah. can't single foot a double pedal, there's no uh, way you can double foot a triple pedal. I think that's a paradox. That's actually. splitting the. Atom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how interstellar that's how humans evolved the fifth dimensional beings they uh-huh. they learn how to two foot a three pedal for sure and they they transcended yeah she drives like that i don't know but it's never been a problem i don't huh. think she's a bad driver hmm. my ex-mother-in-law used a two foot and also she treat the gas as a binary pedal like there was no like it's on or off. Yeah, like you like if you were in a car, it's it's, it's, it's like this, junior. This is what you were doing the whole time. You just slow like you, you felt a surge and stop and surge and stop. And it's I was always told it's like you have an egg under your foot, mm. and you want to push it without breaking the egg. I was always taught that you have know. a potato on your foot and you just fucking mash it. <laughs> That's you how my break on your foot. <laughs> That's how my father taught me to drive. Awesome stop sign to red line every time. See, I would think a motorcycle would be super confusing. Like, you've got throttle and brake on one hand, and you've got <laughs> your gear shift with your feet. That's like, as a car driver Look, if, exclusively, if, if, if it two seems foot weird. And, if you're two foot in an automatic state, a fuck off a motorcycle yes, for all I, of our goods. I agree with that, totally. You have to be, on a motorcycle, you have to be like the fuck, you know, like the Terminator vision, uh-huh. where it's just like overlaid with grids and possible threats and percentages. <laughs> That's how you're yeah. on a motorcycle. No, I'm so. a one-footer, and I wouldn't try a motorcycle. <laughs> I, one time I rode a dirt bike. And I ended up crashing it my very first time. Yeah, I went too fast down a down a gravel road. That's bad. Fishtailed when I hit the brakes, and then went right over and. Our podcast has turned into a combination of click and clack and serial. We th- All right. this, this is too many tangents. Let's move on then. All right. Uh, the guy who towed the RV, whose name is Clovis, actually mm. finds Jesse inside of it, and he tells him that he can't stay there. And then when he kicks Jesse out, he Jesse climbs back over the fence and steals the RV, rams it right out the gates. Uh, this guy looked like he was, uh, gonna sell Jesse's stuff. He's talking to guys like, how much is this shit worth? Oh, whoa, it's worth that much. Yeah, methylamine is worth that much, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. He was going to fence with shit, and I think he was entirely within his right. Sure. I mean, he already let Jesse off the hook once. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he shows up and he's, you spent the night in the room, covered in blue shit, with a mask on, you're not going to talk yourself out of that again. No, and you destroyed the man's portalette. So. But on the other hand, Jesse stole. And that, what do you do with your Clovis? You report that to the police? Nah, no. Someone no. stole the drug barn that I helped <laughs> tow off of their property. Nope, you don't do that. After they broke in, covered. Yeah, that's just that's that conversation doesn't doesn't end well. Uh, so Junior leaves for school, and Walt decides now is the time that I need to apologize to Skylar. Uh, you know, his his half-assed apologies. It doesn't go as planned because he won't actually tell her what's really going on, and so she storms out. And I, I felt like this scene, like I'm on Skylar's side in this scene. I am kind of feeling bad in a way for Walt, though, because Walt 
is caught up in something that he really can't confess. I mean, if he confesses at this point, I don't think she's going to understand that he's doing it for the family. I, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's she great, does, but... That's the great what if of this show. Like, yeah. When... What if he hadn't gotten that phone call in the bathroom last episode? When is the time to come clean? What if he had stopped? What if he had done things different? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because this thing no, is... It's... Tough. You know, it's it's tough on Skylar too because she's got a oh, yeah. kid on the way, and there's another one, and she loves Walt, and he's got cancer. I, you know, I I I feel like she'd have been like, okay, fuck this, I'm going to the police. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Walt can really take that chance, though. Right. I don't know. He doesn't. I feel like he doesn't want the last years of his life with his wife to be bad if he's gonna die of cancer he he wants to try to protect them from what he's doing Mm -hmm. but he also wants to do what he's doing to protect them from their future yeah without him it's it's rough yeah i what did you think of the opening where he his icebreaker with uh, skylar was i dreamt i owned an antique bicycle repair shop in ireland (laughs) i didn't even catch that is that what he said yeah like, mm. how did they write that line? It, it, was that line just, like, Mad Lib style? And it the, feels like it, yeah. Like, hey, uh, let's put some adjectives and some nouns and locations on a dartboard and mm-hmm. spin Vince around, blindfold him, and see what happens. Or... Do you see a, a connection? If this, if this wasn't, like, a dartboard slash manatee tank style of writing, mm-hmm. there has to be some connection. Maybe. It now, feels more like dartboard stuff to me. I love I love Cerebral.com. I love the work Arya does there on the Breaking Bad Observations. And he had a, quite a few things to say, possibilities, but none of them. I was kind of like, I ain't buying any of it. Hmm. I okay. don't see the the connect. I mean, it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, in an English class literature essay, you might get away with making those connections and get a good grade. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And so, so but you're in not the real wrong. world. There are people writing this, and they have whims. And... Yeah, you're not wrong, but I don't think you're conclusively right either. Nothing, nothing sure. was like aha, like I like I normally is. So yeah. I just wanted to see what you thought because that I'm I'm more on the side of like the writers just were having fun. Said we need we want What's him to say something thing weird he here. Could say opening up here. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'd buy that. Okay. Uh, I also got to love Skylar for labeling Walt's cooking attempts as no more of these obvious desperate breakfasts. Yes. I kind of think like in the first five minutes, that's what I was writing in my notes. Like, my God, look how obvious and desperate this breakfast plat- strategy <laughs> was. And then she said it 30 minutes later. Yeah. Pretty great. No, she's not being fooled by any of this shit. Hell no. Uh, so he, she storms out. He chases her outside. And then he sees the RV parked on the street. Which is maybe the worst possible thing you could see his going face. outside. His, like, <laughs> all of the comedy this episode rests in the next five minutes. And not to say that yeah. there wasn't some serious shit going on, but it's, like, mm-hmm. he goes from trying to talk uh, Skyler out of leaving. Skyler leaves, and he looks up, and there's the RV. And it's like, <laughs> what the? It's priceless. Yeah, he goes out there. He berates Jesse for being an idiot. And then Jesse gets fed up, and they fight. It's interesting because... Uh, I wonder, for Jesse's perspective, he just had his mother, biological mother, telling this same speech. You know, slapping, yeah, yeah. and what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Now, 
Now Walt is pushing him in the chest and saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you blue? Uh, there's no half of the money. What are we partners? What do you do? I'm a cook. You're a junkie. You're too stupid to follow rudimentary instructions. All that led to, like, if his mom hadn't popped off on him or, you know, if Walt hadn't, I don't know that they get in a fight. But all this stuff is just too much for Jesse to bear. And Yeah, they... no, I. you're right. You're right. This is the lowest point, and Walt is not helping. Uh, but at the same time, it is incredibly stupid. Sure. You know, I mean, it is not a smart thing to take the RV to the scene of your your crime, sure. basically, with Walt. Yeah, how old is Jesse, do you think? How old is he supposed and, to be? And Walt, like, his concern has been for his family this whole time, and by bringing this to his family, he is seriously fucking up. Can you uh, imagine, I survived Tuco. Yeah. And I could be brought down by you bringing home an RV. And that's the other thing. It's like, they just had, him and Skyler just had a big fight. It's entirely likely that Skyler just loops around the block and comes in and says, I'm sorry, or, and another thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thank God she decided to take off for a couple more hours. Uh-huh. And have her prenatal smoke vitamin. Yeah. No, there's so much bad stuff going on here. This is a t- this is a gut-wrenching episode. Like, sure. everybody is just terrible to everybody. Why doesn't Jesse beat the shit out of Walt in this scene, in your opinion? Because Walt's telling him, do it. Do it. Je- like, Walt's giving up. I don't think Jesse's got it in him. I think Walt's got it in him, but Jesse doesn't got it in him. So just, you know, a fit of rage. All this shit is coming down on his head. He gets angry. He lashes out, but then he realizes, yeah, yeah, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. Sure. Like I feel I like there's, there's types of people out there that could Does fly have rage any... and beat, like, a friend severely, but would never kill them. <laughs> I also okay. think there's people out there that would fly into that would never beat anyone, but could fly into rage and kill people. Huh. Walt seems okay. like that kind of dude. Jesse seems like the other type of dude. Huh. Like he'll fly the handle. Yeah, also, stupid, Walt he, seems he just... kind of pathetic at this point, right? As oh, well. Like the first scene where I mean, Skyler leaves him all day and he's just kind of huddled on the couch and his shoulder. I mean, yeah, Brian yeah, Cranston, yeah. brilliant physical actor. Oh yeah. And the way he kind of hunches his shoulders in and tucks his like you know uh, neck in turtle like. He's just so so small sitting on that couch. Yeah, this is this is a down episode for everybody. Everybody's down. Yeah, but but I think Jesse sees a little bit of that, you know. I mean, this uh, am I really going to beat to death a man with cancer who's just trying who's to just help getting, his family? He's like, also just giving up. He's letting me. Yeah. And, and and he's so pathetic in that moment too. He's like just kill me. Just please just get this over with. I'm yeah. I'm at the end of my rope. But now it's let rough. me ask you this, why did this motivate Walt? To, to, to invite him in for breakfast? Yeah. That's a weird... The, the, their dynamic is so weird throughout the series. Why? Why? Uh, I feel like that was a moment where where Walt realized, you know, maybe I am being kind of a dick here. May, like, maybe I need to take a little bit of responsibility. I won't, I won't fess up to my wife. I won't uh, stop cooking meth. But in this moment, I feel like I have some burden to bear here. Here's yeah. your half of the cash. My wife's walking out on me in the middle of the day doing nothing. My son's I can't, my I can't son's rejected so... the name I gave to him. I can't be an yeah. asshole to everyone. Yeah. I need uh and I think that's the other interesting thing if you track the legitimate son, which is Walt Jr. versus the illegitimate son, which is Jesse. Yeah, yeah. 
like a lot of this stuff that he was piling on this abuse on the Jesse was like a dark mirror image of the stuff he was saying to Walt Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't let this, don't give up. You're better than this. Don't, don't let things be an obstacle. You know, while his son is failing and driving through orange barrels where Jesse, uh, who's also metaphorically driving through orange barrels <laughs> and is making a mess of his life. Sure. He's saying you're stupid, you're useless, you never learn how to think and just all these incredibly vicious things. Yeah. Yeah. I think he felt pretty bad about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so we go back to Skylar and she is outside of the gas station. Uh, she's smoking a cigarette and a lady looks over at her and says, Shakes her head. Mm. Gets a little judgy look. Yeah, rightfully so. Sure. I mean, like, of all the horrible shit I will say about what Walt is doing to Skylar, Uh it doesn't justify doing that shit to your kid. Sorry. And I I feel like, like, as much as I don't want to say that Skylar is being bitchy about, you know, the way she's treating Walt, I will also say this is not the solution and that she is doing a horrible thing here at the end. Hmm. Like that, none of that entitles her to jeopardize the future of her unborn child, no matter how mad she gets at Walt, no matter how bad things are going for her. In her but life. more to your point about this, like what would she, Walt have done if he had come? I think they're trying to lay the fact that there is a little bit, uh, you know, and again, having one cigarette while you're pregnant is not nearly as bad. It's not the end of the world as sure. cooking hundreds of thousand dollars of meth and and dragging your comp- your your family unknowingly into criminal enterprise with but crazy it's people selfish. Like it's selfish. At they're the they're least. showing like that they both have a similar disregard to the rules under times of stress. Huh. Yeah. To yeah, where yeah. we're led to believe that maybe may, maybe Walt would have been right to just come clean. And do you think Skylar realizes that when she lights up that cigarette and says... I don't think any of this is conscious. Just like I don't think Walt yeah, yeah. realizes how complex his motivations are when he started cooking meth and sure. you know what he's really doing it for versus what he says he's doing it for, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, shit, you can debate that to the cows come home. But I think there's part of that there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that Villigan, the Villigan put the scene in there is to start showing... and. and how that there is more that these people have in common than we think perhaps yeah no and i i think i think this last scene is kind of brilliant in a way because it shows you know that that connection you're talking about between walt and skylar but it also i think shows a little bit about how walt isn't as great as he thinks he is because if you think about it this is apparently a gas station that both skylar and walt visit it's the same kind of gu- gulp and go that Walt met Jesse at. Is is, is it the it's same? It's exactly one? the same. Okay, one. I thought it that. is the same. I thought one. that. That's sloppy of Walt to call a meeting in a gas station that both he and his wife frequent sure. on many occasions. He should be out in the middle of nowhere meeting with Jesse. And that's the other thing. Like when you watch stuff like that and you see them do that, you know, clandestine meet, and you can tell that Walt thinks he's being super clever. Yes. And while we're watching, I'm like. They think this is being so fucking smart, but if if you're looking in in a courtroom uh-huh. at this footage of these two guys on a black and white CCTV yeah. feed, you see their mouths moving. This is guilt. This this shit is not going to fly. Uh huh. You see them looking directly at each other, like like Walt's so boned. I mean, so many times Jesse's called his landline already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's no fucking way that if anybody starts looking at this case, it's not going to collapse. No, they have to avoid Instantly. suspicion at this point, but they're not yeah. doing a great job of that either. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is sloppy on Walt's part to sure. call this meeting where he does. And I think that's that has to tie in a little bit with how sloppy he thinks Jesse is being with him taking the RV to his house. Sure, they're not the same thing. Jesse's a, a lot sloppier, but at the same time, Walt's not perfect about this shit either. So it shows also then you got a baseline of hypocrisy for both him and Skylar. Yeah. And again, exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to say Skylar is, is hypocritical or is bad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's clearly narratively what they're trying to show. Also, also the fact that like this is kind of Skylar at her most nihilistic. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, is there a little bit of Kate from The Godfather here? With the, it was an abortion, Mike, you know, Godfather uh, 2. Because, yeah. you know, we just watched that yesterday, watched this too. And I was thinking, again, subconsciously, is this is this a weird strikeout at Walt as well? And his, his legacy? Be. Like, might on, again, on a subconscious level? Could be. Could be. I probably would never think that if I hadn't saw Godfather 2 yesterday. So. <laughs> But we know that the Villigan does take a lot of cues from yes, you know, he does. Scarface, Godfather, Western movies. Yes, he does. A lot of pop culture stuff in here. So uh, that's for, it for the episode. For the outro here, uh, Dave Porter gave it a rest and just played Twat Hammer. All right. Fallacies. Sure. Did Why you, not? I just, for the first time researching this episode, realized that Fallacies is a penis joke. Okay. On top of Twat, you know, Twat Hammer, Fallacies. Ah, uh, gotcha. It's, yeah. the, it's the plural of Phallus. In, in Jesse's mind, it is. Yeah, and his, yeah. you know, it's, it's Kafka esque. All right, you could say. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I buy that. All right, cool. I just thought it was funny. You know, when I realized it is, I, I yeah, I didn't funny. even think of it. Breakfast it. count stands at four out of six with an asterisk. Could be five out of six. Who knows? Could be uh, four, four out, out of five. five. Yeah. Uh, shall we do some pimping? Sure. Hey, would you like to support Bald Move? Because you know. The only reason we're able to, the only reason you're able to listen to this podcast right here, and if you see it as value, is because you, there's nothing else good on TV right now. But more to the point, <laughs> if we weren't being paid, if we were just working our regular nine to five gigs, we yeah, would yeah. not be spending uh, the start of our Christmas break talking about Breaking Bad. No, we'd be out on we hiatus. Might, we might want to. We we'd been on a hiatus for the last two weeks, and we wouldn't be coming back till February when yeah. Breaking. You know, we wouldn't be getting to. Uh, any of the shows justified american americans better stuff. call saul would have been tough for us to pick up because they overlaps with walking walking dead yeah and then it goes sure. right into the already crazy <laughs> doubleheader of of mad men and, and game of thrones yeah, yeah i'm i'm getting aside from the point which is a pattern i'm making in this particular podcast but i'm just saying if if you like this and you want to just saying and if you like this and you want to you want to help us keep it going uh we rely almost entirely on your support uh mm-hmm. There's a, way, a lot of ways you can do that. You can go to patreon.com or subbable.com and just straight up give us money in exchange for things. Uh, on the Patreon side, you get like access, like you watch our cast live. You can experience the lunch with Jim and Aaron. We can come hang out with us on our video cameras. Lots of cool new things we're cooking up for that. And you can go to subbable.com. Yeah, well, stuff. I mean, we just introduced two new levels on Patreon. Well, I'm not, are we ready to talk about that yet? I mean, they're up. You can sign up, up for them right we, now, so okay. we better be. <laughs> sure, sure. There are some cool things coming down the pike on, on Patreon. Um, but yeah, some st- st- cool stuff going on in Subbable, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Subbable is where you go to get things like uh, c- commission podcast. Uh, someone, uh, we, we've recently done a Star Wars podcast. We did... Uh, Anne of Green Gables for a Christmas present for some dude's wife. We, we fucked it up. 
So bad. So bad. Yeah, that's coming out on Christmas, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, but they make. other than that, they make great, great Christmas presents and birthday gifts and, and, and cool things. You can also, uh, Amazon.BaldMove.com, if you haven't got your Christmas shopping done, Amazon still got that two-day delivery. Yep. I, I wouldn't order something on the 23rd and expect to show up on the 25th. Mm-hmm. I totally order something on the 18th or 19th and expect to get there. So if you got some last-minute Christmas shopping, check out. They still got some... Uh, apparently, Digital Monday lasts all month long yes. in December for Amazon. It's so there's still Digital I, Month Day. You know, Bezos uh, has gone so crazy with our copper thievery uh, that uh, he he's lost track of what the days of the Gregorian calendar actually mean and what month he's in, and it's just running all week. Take advantage of his insanity. Who says he's even using the Gregorian calendar? He's I mean, using the Bezoian calendar. Yeah, that, I think that's what it is. Every day is Digital Monday. <laughs> and uh, you can use our link at amazon.baldmove.com. Instead of going to Amazon, you get the same great deals and service, but what you do get in return is able to support us because we get a tiny cut off of that. Yeah. And thousands of people use it. Not such a tiny cut. It's a great way to support us. Uh, we appreciate everyone that supported us, not just now, but all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We literally could not do it without i mean a lot of people say hey we can't do it without your support and they're just being nice <laughs> we literally mean it we could not do what we're doing without your which after your yeah. guys's constant support so absolutely thank you for everyone who's done that and uh i think it's time for feedback okay let's do it maddie's first up uh this i believe is for the previous uh, episode 203 uh said when walt was watching skyler and juniors quote unquote breakfast without him that was the midnight breakfast dreary that uh, you know he he'd snuck into his own house and he's watching them kind of support each other ah. through the cl- half closed door. I maintain that that was very early morning, okay, as opposed to late evening. Maddie doesn't give a shit. He's saying I think the point <laughs> was that he did think they'd be okay without him, without any contribution from him, hmm. and that bothered him so much just seeing that. Breaking Bad is in the end about Walt's ego, and I think he can't stand the thought of his family not needing him. Did you get a little bit of that from the interaction? No. As I said last episode, I thought it was more him seeing his family as a unit without him and being sad that that was in his future. Hmm. See, I I feel like I'm right between you and Matt's take. I, I see both. Okay. I think there's a sadness, but also that, like, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because they th- they, they're probably going to be okay. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, uh, he did have breakfast. Elizabeth G. says, Skylar knows that Walt is up to something. She knows her husband. She may come across in a negative way, but you have to admit that she is right to take the stand she's taking. She's unwilling to go along with the lies Walt's telling her. He owes her the truth, yeah. but Walt thinks he can put or pull his money-making scheme off and keep her in the dark. Skylar would not want to take the drug money. That is what Walt believes. Yeah. Do you... I I guess that's the thing now that I've, you know started coming around to more on the Skyler side from Walt's perspective. He doesn't really care what Skyler and his kids think of him in the here and now. This is about his legacy and their future. Hmm. And he's, it, it's like, I can see the people that love Walter white down to the very end thinking that that's kind of noble to provide for your family, no matter what they think of you. Yeah. There is a certain nobility, nobility in that. Um, it's just a shame that they can't see it in the moment like he does. Sure. You know? Or and I, mean, I don't even think you that that moment is there. That there is a moment where you could step back and be like, "Gee, thanks for slanging that that crystal pop." Yeah. No, you might be thanks right. Thanks for putting me through even after with that the crystal. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. 
it might not be there. But that definitely, there is something, and I don't know if it's a correct way to look at it, but there is something I can see kind of heroic about that. It is. And that's, I feel like that's why this show works. Like on a base level, if he was doing it for selfish reasons in any way, yeah, you would not be rooting for him. Sure. Whereas here, he's ostensibly not doing it. Right. For those reasons. Uh, that's all of our non-spoiler feedback. Most of our feedback was spoiler in nature. We've got a probably wow. very robust spoiler section wow. coming up. Okay. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people... really no non-spoiler feedback on this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people really, uh, gotten into some of the stuff we talked about in the last podcast. Okay. And, uh, some, some other tidbits and I've got a lot of stuff to talk about non or spoilery, but if Sounds you're a rookie, good. you need to switch it off now. Wait until you catch up. Yeah. Then come back at the spoilery goodness. All right, cool. Well, we're going to be back with another episode next week. I think we're going to be recording this next episode on Monday of next week Yeah, for release on Thursday. So if you want to get feedback in, get it in this weekend. Yeah. Because with the Christmas holiday, I'm, like, not, I'm, tr- I'm not trying and... to record a podcast on Christmas Day. Fuck no. <laughs> not with no. an eight-year-old in the house. Especially when I'm in L.A. Yeah, like, and you're going to be trying. It's going to be yeah. remote. I'm going to be at my girlfriend's parents' house. It's like, no. Yeah. Not so, going to So we'll be getting this done uh, Monday. So if you want to watch it over the weekend, get some feedback to us. Send it to BreakingGood at BaldMove.com. Yeah. Talk about it on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash baldmove. Twitter at baldmove. That covered our bases. Let's get to spoilers, man. All of the above. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Uh, Until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you. Do you ever wonder how two dudes can pump out over 250 podcasts per year and not charge a penny for it? Generous people like you make it all possible. There are lots of great ways to support us, but one of the simplest is to straight up throw us cash. Go to support.baldmove.com to donate via PayPal. And we also accept Bitcoins for all you crypto nerds out there. Oh, down with the fiat currency. Fight the power. Uh, Yeah, and support free and independent podcasting. Support.baldmove.com. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? Uh, So I was kind of dismissive, or I've been dismissive about the color theories. Yes, you have. And you said something after we talked about last week. You're like, I don't know if you should be that dismissive about the color theories, or you kind of took me to task off air. So let's talk about this. I'll take you to task on air. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. What are the color theories of Breaking Bad? Oh my god. Uh, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of purple in Breaking Bad. Don't know, if but you, that's not the don't color know if you theory. Noticed. It's not really the color theory. There's a lot of yellow stuff. Um, Green, there's, there's a red. lot revolving around clothing and what characters are dressed in. Yeah, red being a big one with, especially with Walt, with his wine and his red colored shirt when he changes demeanor. You know, Jesse goes from red to Jesse, yellow, yep. to the gray. Sure. Um, I mean, Pur- there's just a lot. He goes of... from dark purple to light purple, and then like a medium purple. <laughs> right. Uh, Hanks in yellow a lot at some point. Gus. Gus, absolutely. So there, it's just like. What does the the colors that these people are wearing say about their mental state at the time, I think, and, and their intentions, their, mm. their, their shades of good and bad, I think, um, is, is kind of where I took it in seasons four and five. Okay. So we covered that a lot in seasons four and five. Yeah. I'm off the color theory, and here's why, and then you can respond. Okay. To me, theories are only interesting if they have, and this is a scientist in me, predictive power sure like if red means a particular thing thematically or mood it should always mean that 
But what I yeah. see with this, and also like I think Tom and Lorenzo, they're one of my favorite commentators from Mad Men. But when they do the Mad Men style and they talk about like you know all the colors and what this means, all that stuff, yeah, I just think it's such bullshit because red can mean anger or it can mean security or it can mean or love, it can mean love or, or it can mean si- so many and, things. And it's not like, and I could even believe that Vince Gilligan would say, ah, red means danger and it's always going to be in danger or violence or blood. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they say. It's like in, in each individual episode, it can change. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, you draw themes, um, you know, that like, this particular episode, that's what this means. And in this particular episode, this is what this means. And it's like, yeah, if it has no predictive power, and it can be variable depending on on episode to episode, then what value does it have? And I'm not saying it's not interesting to look to think about. And if you look at mm-hmm. and you see those posters where they take like all of Walt's uh, clothes from the beginning of this thing and to the end, and it's like a color chart. That's kind of interesting. To that look is at. super interesting. So I I agree a lot with what you're saying um, as far as you know. Like, not everything that's red can have the same meaning. Like, right. you're, you're going to have some incidentals. You're going to have people driving the color of car that they drove previously because that's just their car. Right. Like, but the broader themes, like, the one that I see that really stands out is Walter White's transformation. Yeah. And and that is a conscious effort on their part to take him from these these beige, just bland colors and put him in the reds and the greens and these kind of brighter colors with black pants and they're changing who he is as a character. But, but yeah, but so does shaving his head. So does getting more yes. stylish glasses. So does losing the it's mustache part, it's and like getting part of a whole. It's, it's his, it's part of his characterization. Yeah. But so like to me, and, and there also are like incidents of specific things that they did with color. But, but that's like we saying, know we, we've listened to their podcast. Right. But that's like saying, uh, you know, it seems like no one oozes and ahs over the fact that they cut his ugly ass mustache and had him grow a goatee. Yes. That gives him a oh, more man. aggressive, villainous look. So yeah. does having him wear silk purple threads. And and also it, it, it looks more like Gus. You can see him kind of transform more into Gus. And, and Gus looks like Walt when he's being a manager at Los Polos or, or Pollos Hermanos. And he looks more like. Heisenberg, when he's being a drug human, well, no shit. Yeah. But that stuff is just like as obvious as saying he lost the ugly caterpillar and he's got the sleek goatee uh-huh. and he's wearing a pork pie. I'm like, those are all just, they're no more thematic than Batman wearing blue, gray, and black. Like, he's a Batman and he skulks in the shadows and that's his motif. Yeah. It's, but I think that the, I, the, I feel the like mistake sometimes... that many people said, make mm. is they take that motif and the thing, the, the visual art of storytelling that the directors are using to make you feel certain ways. Yeah. And then try to get a larger holistic meaning to that color. And that's where yes. the Tom and Lorenzo's get off into the weeds. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Just after two years of covering Breaking Bad, seeing where this stuff goes, and then like kind of didn't go anywhere. It means something in the moment that it's shown to you, yeah. I feel, but to take it and say that this is the meaning of the color and this is always the meaning of the color. Uh, and no one ever does that, but that's the thing. If, if that was the case, I would be a little bit more interested in it. Because but when you, you met also can do that because Walt would be wearing red every color or every episode for the final two seasons, you know? It's like... Well, he does. I mean, do you want him in the same color shirt every single time you see him? Well, I I think that would be interesting if I was watching a show because then when you meet new characters, 
You could judge them based on what they're wearing. You could start <laughs> making inferences, and then when a character suddenly switches from like red to yellow, like now you know but that that's, that's not realistic. That's, either, that's right? a character change. Some change has occurred, but you don't. You couldn't say, well, it's it would. It went from red to yellow. Why, when Jesse went from red to yellow, this is what happened. Now, when Walt went from beige to red, this must. You, there's no predictive power there. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I I feel like there are not like you don't exactly need to track it episode to episode, but there are moments in these characters' lives that they do change, and that these these colors do have meaning, but it's not all the time and it doesn't have to be constant. It's, it's not something you need to look at over the course of a season and say, Oh, well in two episodes, he's in red and one episode, he's in green. He's wearing beige and another. Yeah. What is it? Is, is the character itself all over the place? Well, no, it's just that realistically people wear different colors and, yeah. and sometimes it means things and sometimes it doesn't. Right. You know? Uh, I mean, my hoodie's black. Your hoodie's orange. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, my god! I've got trouble. a Breaking Bad T-shirt on. What does it mean? <laughs> Probably because it's Thursday and I'm recording Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got the T-shirt of my old job. So on. that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's why you know if you ever wondered why I kind of give short shrift because you know that's but you something... can't totally discount it either. No, and I'm not totally discounting. I'm just saying because that they that, do mention it. That's since I kind of run the spoilers department. Um, yeah. because that's, I, I get the notes together. That's why, you know, my editorial choices to, unless it's something just as part of like Walt's transformation, to Gus, we yeah, will yeah. talk about, I don't know actually, cause that happens in season four, but we did talk about we that. We did talk about it. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk about like the transformation Gus makes between seasons two and three and st- stuff along that lines. But Further than that, just doesn't interest me. And that's why I don't talk about it on an episode by episode the way Tom and Lorenzo do. Yeah, the no, way, I, think I love you're right. Aria. On I think everyone knows I love Aria on his work on Serial. He gets at least one page devoted to the color wheel. I just it, it's it's not interesting to me. No, I, I and I like your approach. I think you know when it's relevant, mention it. When it doesn't seem to be, then don't bother with it. All right. So a couple other things I I noticed. Pete, I felt like there was a lot of peekaboo foreshadowing here. With the fallacies kid, the fallacies kid, the Peter kid, mm-hmm. the kind of awkwardness, but also the fact that Jesse always seems like he's good with little kids, and I, you know, I'm I'm talking about the full episode knowledge or full seasons knowledge of Jesse, yeah. Uh, but this was a little bit on really on the nose, knowing the peekaboo's coming up in two episodes, and you know, even more so than seeing him interact with his little brother seem to interact with this kid and like have empathy to this kid's situation. And yeah. Well, I think Jesse in a lot of ways, you know, sees the, the errors that he's made and hopes that these kids aren't going to be making the same errors. I mean, certainly with his little brother, that's the way he feels. And I just, Jesse strikes me as somebody who feels guilty about what he's doing, but won't change it. Mm. Yeah. That's just how I see Jesse. Yeah. Like he knows better. But he's not whatever. He doesn't have the the testicular fortitude <laughs> or just the desire to change his own life. But but he wishes something better for other kids. Sure. That's, yeah. He has the moments of clarity, but then he doesn't act on the yeah. knowledge he he gets on that. Yep. So can we talk about the Flynn and Lewis theories? Okay. Which that, theories? And in I was particular? a big. So they're always talking about Flynn and Lewis. 
He kind of comes out of nowhere, Lewis. And I forgot that we actually saw the young man. Oh, yeah. And this is one of the few times. There were so many predictions that Walt Jr. is going to do drugs and it's somehow going to be tied to Lewis, that Lewis Lewis is his gay boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, What are Lewis Uh and Flynn up to that it's conspicuous that they're always been? And why does he call him Flynn? It seems to me, yeah, why did they pick, they never, I thought it was because of his middle name, it's not, it's just some random thing he chose, which is really weird. And I I can't believe that it's related to Errol Flynn at all. No, 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 no. Um, but, you know, he also, Walt scandalized that Junior has no idea who Steely Dan yeah. Or was it Roscoe Skaggs? Uh, Boz, Boz Skaggs. Boz yeah. Skaggs. Uh-huh. Boss Hog. Uh, they, I don't know. Uh, to me, after everything's said and done, Lewis was just a friend Walt Jr. had. Yeah. To show that Walt Jr. had a life outside of, I think that's it. Outside That of was the narrative effect, that it was outside the breakfast table and the Walt, the, the white family home, he had another life and he was actually thinking and feeling and doing things. Because every once in a while you'd see him come flying in with like the donation website. Yeah. And, you know, him taking sides with his mom and dad. But it was all centered around Walter. This was a little thing to kind of like, he's a normal kid too, don't forget that. And it, I feel silly just, for it, engaging in the speculation at this point. Yeah, I can get behind that. But it, to me... The Lewis thing never felt complete. Lewis comes in completely unannounced, um, you think that... without any fanfare, and then he goes out the same way. I mean, Lewis at some point becomes a non-issue, a non-entity, right? Yeah. Like, definitely mentioned a few times throughout the series, but it's not like he ever factors into the plot at all. No, I definitely get down with that. And do you? So you think that he might be a drop plot point? That he was introduced deliberately. Oh, that's interesting. Because, yeah. you know, the, also the thing to always keep in mind in season two is that the, by the Villigan's admission, this is the most highly architected of all the seasons. Yeah. Mm. He was introduced in this season. Do you think that they meant him to go somewhere and they just never got around as they started paring down right. what mm-hmm. the story is actually about? And, you know, somewhere in season three to season four, it, the ending became crystallized and just there was no room for Lewis. Uh, you're probably right about that, yeah, because it really just feels like it goes nowhere. And you can you can talk about like you know part of Hank you know trying to scare Junior straight and all that, and Walt getting Junior junk drunk, which I think happens in a few episodes. Maybe it happens in season three. Uh, I'm not thought sure. of season two. Yeah, that this is kind of like a lot of obvious foreshadowing. Like if if Walt Junior had hit the blue pipe. In season five, everyone had been like, well, of course, look at all this stuff. You mean the pipe in the portalette where the blue stuff comes <laughs> yes, out? Yes, that... the blue. Okay. He hit the blue po- uh, poop pipe. People would be like, of course, of course. <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So now it feels like nothing went Oh, sure. There, and remember but... the speculation, I mean, about you know him getting the job at Gus's Chicken Shack mm. and Los Pueblos Hermanos. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. Hank was going to get him as an as undercover guy into the opera. Take down the whole yeah. chicken empire. None of that shit happened. It, yeah. It feels like... Junior is almost uh, until the very end of this thing like an ancillary character. One of the th- complexities of this show is seeing Skylar suffer the unwarranted attacks from her son about being a mm. bitch to her fa- his father. Yeah, I felt like this episode more than any other is the genesis of that storyline. You're right, mm-hmm. and and while it didn't work that Walt took him to the side and tried to teach him driving. Still, Walt Junior Flynn took a no- took note of that, and like my dad's wanting to spend time with me, my mom's just off doing whatever, and hmm. 
I, I felt like this episode is the start of that storyline that, you know, why are you being such a b- b- bitch to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's sad. Uh, I feel bad for Skylar in that way. Jesse's cover story of why he needs a place to stay as House is getting bug bombed. The pest exterminators got me on speed dial. It, it, I mean, obviously, that's not foreshadowing for the uh, Vominos pest. Wait, does he say that in? Yeah, like he's when tell, he's talking on the phone, when he's to talk, talking to Pete, and when he's talking to the, his other friend that we never find out. Oh, he's talking to Pete and his friend. Okay, that makes way more sense than telling Walt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is this a case of maybe the strip mining of the past? Could be. Or is that just Could a be. you know thing? You know, is that just a thing? As I recall listening to the season five or season four podcasts, uh, Vominos Vominos Pest is season five. It's all in season five? All in season five. Wow, you might be right. Yeah, that thing escalates fast. Uh, you're right, because Gus dies at the end of season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as I, as I recall listening to those podcasts, um, that was just something that they thought of, like kind of in the moment and thought it was what cool. What would be cool, yeah. If, like, what what's the the most cool way to hide this operation right let's take it inside people's houses uh i don't think that was even them strip mining the past i think that's a lucky uh, damn jim shut me down you could have could have could have carried me a little bit for that but uh, well i mean i don't don't (laughs) want to tell people yeah yeah sure they strip mine that that villain what a genius uh let's talk about the evolution of walt versus jesse fights oh yeah yeah the first one uh, in Jesse's upstairs de- bathroom over Walt catching him smoking versus Walt wanting to flush it in the toilet. Yeah. Uh, that was pure comedy. Uh-huh. This starts off funny, but ends up with Walt getting choked almost, you know, not to death, but till he surrenders. And it's a little bit more poignant at the end. That That's a... Cl- I, I, one of the things on my rewatch is I'm going to look for these to see if this is a, a terminal trajectory. Or we keep going more and more vicious, less and less com- comedic. Because one thing, you know, the serial site makes clear is that these si- f- these fights are all staged and shot broadly the same mm-hmm. with the start and the framing and the finish of them laying on their back kind of panting. So it's just it's just a kind of a, a, this is a physical manifestation manifestation of the vicious circle that Hank. God damn that that Walt and Jesse are in. Right, yeah, I think so. And it's also um, kind of a microcosm of the episode, uh, the series as a whole. It's less and less funny and more and more serious and dark. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm I'm wondering at the end of this scene where Walt's just like, "Do it." Does he want Jesse to kill him, or does I wonder he that, feel that was my next question? Or does he just feel bad and want and feel like he deserves a beating here? I kind of wondered if. Because we know later on when he's got the gun to his head about Jane and everything, yeah, he's like, just shoot me, shoot me, kill me. This is over. It's yeah. gone too far. I don't feel like he's quite there yet. That's why then, like, you could talk about the fly episode where he's trying to think of the perfect time to die. This is something that Walter yeah. has not spent just a little bit of time thinking about. Yeah. Like, maybe it would be better if you, as my former drug-dealing student that I've tried to reach out, maybe if you strangle me to death my family can cobble together a noble story out of this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't feel like he's there yet. No, I, I but, think more of what's going through his yeah. head is I'm, I'm a bad person. I deserve this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I need to be punished in some way. This is how it's going to happen. Right Do on. It. Yeah. Okay. 
so let's get into some feedback. Um, actually, there's a point that I thought was interesting off of Reddit um, attached to this. A guy named, got a cool name, spectacular name, by the way, said, upon rewatching season one and starting Wait, season... Wait, are you going to tell me what his name is? It's got a cool name. Oh, his name has got a cool name. Yes. I thought you were ju- passing judgment no, on his name. No, okay. I am. It's a it's, it's a cool name. <laughs> yep. He's, it's it's accurate. Upon rewatching season one, starting season two, I think the shoplifting was used to establish how Skylar deals with Marie in a way that reflects her current state of their of uh, her marriage. When she confronts her sister, Marie plays ignorant and denies it in a terribly unconvincing way. In episode 204, when Skylar and Walter talk after she starts avoiding him, mm-hmm. she demands that he explain his shady behavior, and he does exactly what Marie did, denying any knowledge of anything being wrong at all. From this parallel, we can infer that why Skylar is so good at seeing through Walter's lies through the show. Mm. She grew up with a probably compulsively lying, kleptomaniac sister and learned her way around manipulation and mind games while growing up. Good point. The only thing that takes away is that Walt's attempts were arguably even more transparent than Marie's. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. And Marie had the smoking gun of, you fucking stole this tiara. Uh I went back to take it and I almost got arrested as a a thief. I I like it, but there's something that's not, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something that's kind of not satisfying about it. Hmm. I don't know. I like the idea that, you know, Skylar might have grown up around a bullshitter, and so her bullshit sensor is pretty sensitive. And that's why maybe she was less inclined to give Walt slack on shady behavior, even yeah. with the cancer excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben R. said, The episodes Bitten by a Dead Bee and Down are a masterful mindfuck and making the audience sympathize with Walt and feel utterly frustrated <laughs> with Skylar. Here is this man who's been missing for days, found naked in a supermarket under the spell of a fugue state, his wife brings him home, and she couldn't have possibly been less warm or compassionate towards him. He tries to make her breakfast, and she bolts. <laughs> of course, we, the audience, know that Walt is up to something, but for viewers it's like phone call, but for viewers like myself who are rooting for Walt at the stage, you want Skylar to expect that her husband is just ridden with anxiety over being diagnosed mm-hmm. with lung cancer, yeah. concerned with his family, wants to make things right with them, wants to make them pancakes and omelets, and all she can do is flip out over the fact that he's merely acting strangely distance herself from him, and then smoke while she's pregnant. Ben has a little bit of a point here, too, that if this fugue state is on the up and up, Walt could be mortified and could be desperate to make up things to his family and could feel genuinely remorseful that he put him through this and and completely be mysterious as to why that's happening, except for the second fucking phone call or second phone. Yeah. When I first saw this episode, I remember thinking when Skylar just out the driveway that she was going to go down to the local cellular phone hut get the exact model of Walt's phone and rub it in his face that it wasn't actually the same ringtone yeah I I don't think that would have gotten him to admit anything no no and this way is better but I'm just saying that's when I first watched it Uh, Ben continues of course I understand that she's pregnant and largely being driven by her hormones at this stage but the viewer can't help but feel sympathy for Walt trying to just survive the aftermath of a murderous criminal, keep his family safe, keep them calm, and can't seem to put his wife at ease. Here's an interesting question. If Marie hadn't shoplifted Tierra and put Walt Schuyler in that situation, would it have changed her feelings about Walt returning from his fugue state? So he's kind of down with that Reddit theory as well. I, I, I think it's a little mistake to, to pin this at this point all on pregnancy hormones. Sure. Like, the evidence just isn't yeah. adding up. That's the thing. Like, uh, the second phone call doesn't make any sense, or the second phone doesn't make any sense. And that has been running around Skylar's head for a while now. I, I, I just think 
I don't know. Like, I think why this works so well is because we see it from both sides. We know who's actually at fault. Skylar has a right to be suspicious. Walt has a right to deny it. It's like somewhere along the way, both of them have legitimate reasons for doing the things they're doing, and they feel like real people doing real things. And yeah, I, like it would be super cool to see a series from like Skyler's perspective or to see a series from Walt Jr.'s perspective, knowing only the things that they know. Yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. But, but I think like it, it doesn't make Skyler out to be superhuman and yeah. it doesn't make Walt out to be superhuman. It's just real people dealing with real evidence and real circumstances. And that's kind of where I feel this season and maybe a bit of season three also just the wheelhouse that they're in. It's like these real relationship problems with no one wanting to actually give up what's going on. Sure. It just, it works so well for me. I don't know. Uh, Elizabeth G says for spoiler topic, I know I can look on IMDb, but I want to wait and see what, when he appears is Ted about to show up. Isn't Skylar pregnant when they begin sleeping together? I thought she's going to talk to Ted about working again, but she's just roaming the streets to get back at Walt at this episode. I, okay. So here's what I know. The episode IFT, mm-hmm. I believe, is 302 or 304. We just saw a picture of Ted when Skylar was going through the family photo box, and she kind of reminisced about him fondly. Yeah. I feel like that we meet him in this season, but they might not consummate things until the early goings of season three. It's possible. I don't know or, when the, the birthday Because think happens. about how crazy shit gets at the end of this season. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she is fucking Ted during the whole plane crash fiasco. She could be. Because I, I know that Walt is outraged that she's going, you know, splitting their family up during this troubling time or whatever. So hmm. there's a lot of stew in there. Uh, but yeah, question. And I'm trying. I'm, I, you know, I don't. I'm going into this kind of fresh eyes. There's some things I can't help. Like I saw two episodes from now. It's uh, Peekaboo. And I'm like, oh shit, I know it's yeah, coming yeah. up there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. If I had to lay money, I'd say we see him this season. They have sex early next season. What do you think? I don't know if there's feedback on this, but what do you think about the opening scene with the pool stuff and there being glasses that look a lot like Walt's glasses? Do you think they did that on purpose to make us question what's going on I was wondering Walt? if, if Walt's glasses don't end up in that pool somehow. I don't think they do. Because he's, I think his he's glasses at make his it house around... My recollection is he's outside by his pool yeah. and looking up when he sees the fireball in the sky. Yes, yes. So I'm not entirely sure those aren't his glasses because if those aren't his glasses, fuck you, Villigan. <laughs> those are Walt's white, White's uh, glasses. Yeah, they're they're Walter White or a model that looks exactly like them. We're clearly supposed to. I'm believe. pretty sure his glasses survived this season. Hmm. I know he gets so, a stylish pair eventually. Yes, eventually, but I don't think it's yet. I think it's. That's when why again this 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 teddy bear snuff shit the second time through it really gets me riled because it's such a fucking bait and switch. It is such a bait and switch. I'm glad Villigan got out of his system because if he <laughs> hadn't, we might have gotten a, a it's all a dream type of episode or something. Yeah, he yeah, wa- he'd maybe. wake up in a bicycle repair shop in Ireland. Yep, mm-hmm. and Skyler would have red curly hair. <laughs> And Walter White would be dressed like a leprechaun. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Uh, Matt E said, okay, so now we have a series of, of emails of people uh, 
taking exception to my take about the uh, plane crash. Okay. Which we really should save a few episodes, but why not? I'll probably get a lot. We need to l- let a little of this poison out at a time. Maddie says, about the plane crash, you have to remember that overall, the overall Chips to Scarface story arc needed time to evolve, and I believe the plane crash was what the writers came up with to show the consequences of Walt's actions without him directly being responsible, much like Jane's death. Originally, according to the Insider podcast, the scene where Jane dies had Walt purposely pushing her onto her back, knowing she would choke and die. But this was changed because it was felt that Walt couldn't go all the way to cold-blooded murder that early in the series. Yeah. Thus, this was a way for base for Walt to say hello to my little friend without him directly pulling the trigger. I I I don't feel like in season two we needed to see that. I didn't need to see some gunfight by proxy. Like the the Jane moment was beautiful and awesome and 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 just right. What we needed to see as Walter White fans at this stage in our evolution, the plane. I think the plane wreck just remains gross and over the top to this day. Huh. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, from what I read of the emails that came in, uh, a lot of people were you know talking about the manifestation of of. Walt's of what Walt is doing with his cooking. Do you want me to get to the, there's one more email and then we can talk about it if yeah, you want to. Sure. Josh K said uh, regarding the plane crash, I think this was the emphasis major turning point for Walter White. After accepting his responsibility for this, everything else he does is that much easier to justify. This is the act that made him a mass murderer. From now on, killing one or two people here and there must not feel like that big of a deal. Imagine if you were responsible, however indirectly, for a tragedy of this magnitude. The guilt would be crippling, but not for Walter White. It reminds me of a Stalin quote. One death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. He sees clearly that his actions have deadly repercussions beyond his imagination, but he continues his life of crime anyway. Also, is this I the first time he keeps a souvenir? I think that, that quote, I don't, I don't think that quote's applicable here, is it? I mean, Stalin's quoting that because the statistic doesn't matter in his eyes. I well, mean, and maybe that's what Walt's doing here. You know, I think like if this were related more closely to my life, I would give a shit. Exactly. But I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Maybe that quote is apt then, I guess. Um, he also wonders if this is the first time he keeps a souvenir from someone he kills. Uh, it depends. If you want to say, that his cutting off the crusts of his sandwich, a.k.a. Uh, a la Crazy 8, that's, I think, the first souvenir or trophy he takes. Mm-hmm. So, and then last episode, we talked about the grill being metaphorically placed over Walt's fa- face. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Walt doesn't actually kill Tuco. Hank does, and then he takes his literal grill out of his mouth as a souvenir, <laughs> so... Like, but I, also, I Tuco didn't count kill Tuco's body count over his entire life is probably much less than 100 people. Where Walt, by the time he's out of the season, inheriting the mantle of Tuco's grill has killed a, two plane uh, loads full of people. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't you know. know what I got? What I really want to see is when we get to season three, because I wasn't, we weren't podcasting then. When we get to season three, that eyeball comes back. Um, that's the thing that is kind of the, you know, the totem. For Walt going forward as, yeah. as his moral indicator, and I feel like when I rewatch that and really think about what does this mean for Walt in the moment as compared to the plane crash, I feel like that's going to have more significance going in. 
Yeah, I just don't know. I, I feel like that I definitely reject that this is a major turning point in him, his his life. I don't know why, if I'm justified in feeling that. And I kind of, to me, the eyeball's not as much as a telltale heart that r- racks him with grief, but just a reminder of, you know, the guilt he should feel. Yeah, you might be right. And the fact that his judgment is inescapable. And they kind of reinforce that with Don Eladio's uh, eye medallion as well. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an outside possibility that I watched this show and I watched a plane crash and I appreciate it more. Hmm. I've seen it twice, but it's probably been years since I did my last watch of it. But I just I doubt it because I'm also a stubborn asshole and I'd be loath to admit <laughs> I was wrong about something initially. <laughs> So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that coffee theory is still going strong. Yeah, Jim's got the dead man's <laughs> brew. He's still clinging to. No, I gave that up. Oh, sometime, you didn't. sometime in season five. When oh, yeah, did you sure renounce did. it? When? Didn't I? I don't think you've ever renounced the oh, coffee I'm, theory. Are you I'm renouncing sure. it now? No, never. There you go. See? 12 18, 2014, still holding strong. That's all I got, man. Okay. Pretty well, good cool. spoiler section. Yeah. That, Pretty I good episode. I feel like that was a an a okay fun podcast. podcast. It was fun, at least, for me. So, fuck everybody who doesn't like it. <laughs> a little rambly. Uh, a little, little bit. A little plane crashy on the on the margins, I'd say. That's all right. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next Thursday with another one of these things. So, if you like Ramblecast... But get your feedback in early. Early, like yes. like by Monday morning early, because we'll be, yep. we'll be a very compressed schedule next week. For sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.